0: To digital nomad mastery, the podcast and the video podcast where we teach you how to make money. Well, I'm here in beautiful Peru uh, in Cusco. We just arrived a couple of days ago, and we're suffering from resting in a hostel for a few days. But while we're resting, interviews with uh, fellow uh, digital nomads, fellow world travelers, and on today's guest, we uh, on today's interview, we have guests who's at, at, uh broadcasting from Prague in Europe, and uh, Prague definitely one of the most beautiful cities in Czech Republic in uh, Europe. So we're going to be interviewing our guest today all about her family travels. Um, she's traveling with the husband, her daughter, and her brother. So we're going to be finding to be. And uh, our guest today is Leah Ta- uh, Taylor and she's also uh, a blogger. So we're going to be finding out about her. Uh, let's get to know you a little bit better if you're going to do a quick background and share a little bit more about yourself with people are watching today.
1: Okay, first of all, I have to say that's so exciting that you're in Peru. That is the bucket list place for me and my family. We've never been there, but um, oh my gosh, I hope that I can follow some of your adventures there. <laughs> um, how we started traveling. We actually first went into full-time traveling through a full-time RVing. And my husband's a software engineer, and we were living in the Bay Area It's ridiculously expensive. We were paying about $2,100 a month for a one-bedroom apartment, and we didn't even have a washer and dryer. There's four of us. It was ridiculous. It was just miserable. So there has to be a way to kind of hack the system a little bit. We didn't want to give up his job because it allows him to work from home. So we didn't want him to go for a different high-paying in-office in job, and I didn't want to work, you know. Yes, we, we liked the freedom that we had with our lifestyle, but we just didn't want to pay the expensive rent that it would cost for us to live there. So we got um, an old crappy RV. It was so bad. We bought it for $4,500, and we set off on the road with it. Um, we went up to Northern California and we loved it. We remodeled it. It was so cute. It was a wonderful experience. We made it down to San Diego and it totally died. At that point, we hadn't realized how much maintenance goes into an old RV and keeping it working. And like my husband and I, neither of us are like really automotively inclined <laughs> for something that's that old and kind of this rest. Bucket. So we said, I don't know what to do. Let's, okay, so let's sell it. So we sold it and we just got an apartment um, in San Diego and we ended up kind of regrouping there for a few months until we bought a truck and a trailer. We invested in a truck and a trailer. And at the same time, there was a deal on cruises from, it was on the Norwegian Epic, from Fort Lauderdale to Barcelona for land, because I have really bad ear issues that make flying hard for me. So we thought, this is a great deal. We can pay it off in six months. Let's get this cruise. Um, You know, we've always wanted to go to Europe. I had never been to Europe. My husband had been to the UK, but, like, I'd never been to Europe. Both of my parents had lived there, and they loved it, so yeah so we got our truck and trailer we kind of spent the winter driving around having fun exploring the southwest then we were in tripped over took the epic to europe and as soon as we got here we were like oh (laughs) i never want to stop traveling internationally this is wonderful so um we, you know, traveled around Europe for a few months, came back to America on Cunard into New York, went down to Key West to celebrate my daughter's birthday, and then went up to Montreal and spent a few months um, in the summer there. And while we were in Montreal, we decided, no, we're, we're going back to Europe, so we want to keep traveling internationally. So we um, bought tickets back, and we spent a month in France. We stay in Airbnbs. And then um, we were in St. Valerie and Coup. It's a beautiful little French village in Normandy. And then we came straight to Prague, which is one of our favorite places here. And we're going to stay here for at least, I guess we got three weeks left here. (laughs) So,
0: Amazing journey. Uh, You know, uh, uh, you got the travel bug, uh, you know, going to Europe, going back to uh, U.S., coming back to Europe now. I didn't know my family. So, uh, you have a very unique family configuration. So, you're traveling not only your husband and daughter, but you're also on your brother for the journey. Tell us a little bit about um, the origin of how you made these decisions to travel, uh, not only with your immediate family, but with your brother as well.
1: Okay, so um, it's myself and my husband, and we have our daughter who is 16 and she has Asperger's syndrome, which is on the autistic spectrum scale. And then we also have my little brother who has PDD, which is Autistic Spectrum, and he has some physical disabilities. Um, he has He's gonna live with us forever for, you know, as long as he needs to, as long as I'm alive, to take care of him, as long as my husband is. He's part of our family. And we've really kind of raised him since he was pretty young. Um, my mom got sick when I was about 22. And my husband and I took care of her through a decade of sickness and we were there with her when she passed away and we promised her that Mishka, my brother, would always be with us. And he has been. So that's kind of how he ended up coming to live with us and that's also why we hadn't really traveled much before because we were my mom's main caregivers and support and she had a really difficult up and down decade long battle with cancer. So. While we could, we went to Jamaica, we went to Belize, Honduras, we the Cayman Islands. We loved to go to Mexico, um, but we never could really go on a long, long trip because we couldn't leave my mom, and her health her health was too delicate. So it wasn't until after she passed away that we started thinking, like, okay, so we can go now and kind of explore the world and live these dreams that wasn't really feasible when we were younger.
0: And that's that. So tell us about, you know, a lot of parents who are traveling with a disabled child probably don't want to go to a long-term extended travel such as you're doing. So tell us about um, how you deal with those challenges on the road with your daughter and with your brother.
1: Okay, so my daughter is, um, she has, a lot of her friends are online. So one of the big things with her is keeping her connected to her friends and to her community. <clears throat> she does an online school. And then um, I supplemented it with helping her, obviously, at home. And she, we make sure that everywhere we are that she's never not connected so that she has, because not only is she on the autistic spectrum, but she's a teenager. So she needs to have nurture the relationships in her life. Um, she is absolutely brilliant, wonderful. The only thing she doesn't really like is a lot of change and not having a safe and quiet place to retreat to. So sometimes there's no avoiding it. Like we're going to be we take Flix buses around Europe because they're cheap. Um so you know we had like a 13-hour bus ride from Paris to um to Prague. But we could kind of help her get comfortable. Like this is what we're going to do. You're going to have she would you know have her headphones, she would have those kind of things and we make sure that go we stay for about a month so we're not staying one week and then going somewhere and staying one week and then going somewhere um so that there's always kind of a safe place to retreat from all the noise and craziness out there for my brother who has physical disabilities as long as, as well as like so my daughter doesn't have intellectual disabilities she has um totally high iq you know she just has some sensory issues and um the asperger my brother has some intellectual disabilities along with physical disabilities. So he actually um, is, is pretty disabled. And But he actually is a great traveler. He loves to go out. He loves meeting people. Um, yesterday we went and walked around the castle, and it was like a long walk. And so he's got rods in his spine, steel rods, because he has scoliosis. So we just have to be conscious of, like okay, maybe he wants to sit down for a little bit, or maybe this is what he can do for one day out of the week, and then the rest of the days, he's just going to want to de-stress, let his body recuperate, be at home, and we'll go out by ourselves. But um, even people with learning disabilities can learn, and that's one of the interesting things, because his friends, or the parents of his friends, will be like, oh, they can't travel, they're disabled. Yes, you can travel if you're disabled. He's done... Crazy, amazing bus rides, train rides, all this stuff is just um, a matter of communication. It's a matter of how it's presented. It's a matter of making sure that at the end of the line, you know that they have a place that they can kind of de-stress and relax, that he has access to like, like let's say we go on a long bus ride. He can put his movies on. He can put his headphones in. He can get into his own space so that he doesn't get overwhelmed by what's kind of around him. So, there's that. Yeah, that really, really
0: inspiring. Uh, you know, traveling uh, with your brother and daughter. Uh, tell us about the homeschooling and the education of your daughter. That's a big question that parents have. Uh, how do you deal with the schooling? How do you deal with the yeah. education, the socialization? You mentioned uh, connected through social media, etc. But how are you doing the schooling, homeschooling side of things?
1: Okay, so. Um, I've been a homeschooling mom for like from the beginning for years and years and years and years. And so I've taught homeschooling classes. I've been private tutoring. I've kind um, of active in that. So she has friends that she's known since she was little. And they play a big thing is they'll play like games together. They'll play Minecraft together. They have their own Discord server that they talk to each other. Um, she's got like, friends that she stays in touch with. For her schooling, we supplement it as much as we can with our tutoring. But now that she's 16, we just put her in Willow Star 3D, which is like an online school. It's really cool, They can avatar. So you like walk to school in your avatar. You walk to the world that you're in with your avatar. It's really, it's neat. So that is part of what she's doing. And then obviously we we supplement her education. Traveling is like the best education ever too. Because you go somewhere and you're not just learning about castles. In her Willow Star class that she's doing right now, they're talking about knights and they're talking about um, kind of like medieval stuff and the chivalry code and all that stuff. And literally, we were walking around a castle. Like she saw that in person. So I think that just education and the rest is supplemental. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's yeah, how she's made great
0: that. about Our kids are learning right now all about the Incas and about the Spanish and uh, you know we're going to much yeah. teach teaching every day so yeah, rather than learning from textbooks, it's definitely uh, much better when they're learning through real life and uh, uh, I really feel travel is the best teacher and the world is their classroom.
1: Totally, totally, 100%. The world is their classroom and then what I do as a tutor is um, My focus is really on biology, and it's really on uh, that kind of, that's my favorite subjects to teach. So, a lot of times, for instance, when we first started traveling um, full-time, we went to the Russian River, and with my daughter, we did a whole project on kind of the ecology of the Russian River, what animals live in the Russian River, which... um, what what could you expect to see there, What's, what used to be there, all that. And it was so cool because you get an idea of a place beyond just um, – uh-oh, did I lose you? Hello?
0: Uh-oh. Oh, no, uh, Am I know I'm of a bad all
1: Okay, sorry. I don't know if it's – I don't think it's me. Maybe it's me.
0: Can you yeah, hear me? Um, so tell us a- been working for a corporate job. Uh, tell us about how he's handling that uh, by uh, living overseas with the time differences, uh, the, the discipline that there. Tell us about how he's on the road.
1: Okay, um, so he basically works from about he four in the afternoon till two in the morning. <laughs> Oh, it's crazy, it's, it's um, you know, our day just starts a little late, so the whole family kind of ends up staying up late and then waking up a little later probably than other families, but, um, you know, we always have a place for him to work at, since we rent Airbnbs, he always has like a nice either table that he can sit and work at, he has a stand up every day where he has to talk to his colleagues and they kind of talk about the projects they've been doing, But it really, when you're doing technical, it doesn't matter if you're at home or if you're in Prague or if you're in his colleagues in Russia or in Spain or Peru or wherever it is in the world because it's on your computer. So it's just you can do your work pretty much anywhere. And I've realized actually a lot of jobs are like that. Um, When you make the switch to working online, It really matters less where you are, and it matters more if you can just kind of adjust your sleeping schedule a little bit, which isn't that big of a deal for us. So, the one. And are you also working online? You do that. Excuse me. Could you repeat that?
0: Oh, yeah. For interrupting, I was asking you, you're also working as well. Um, Tell us about some of what you're doing online.
1: Okay, so I do, I wear a few different hats online. One, I do tutoring, um, and I'm actually wanting to move into doing classes as well. So kind of homeschooling classes. I think that uh, maybe some biology classes, some natural history classes. I'd like to get into history in general, kind of history classes, um, maybe English stuff. Um, So I have private students that I work with. Um, So I do tutoring, and then I also do health coaching online. So I'm a primal health coach, and I'm just starting some kind of group health coaching classes. So I do that. I also am just finishing up a coach training class. So I also train coaches, um, body positivity coaches actually right now is a course that I'm just like we're a week away from finishing up. (laughs) They get their certificate and they go on and um, coach people in a body positive manner. so. So for me, I'm doing a lot of teaching of both adults and youngsters.
0: Awesome, that's a great uh, way to uh, make when you are tutoring, um, you know, team, uh, homeschooling is a great way as well because uh, some of us parents, we don't feel as competent to teach ourselves, so, uh, you know, if we can get an expert such as yourself with a lot, mm-hmm. it definitely helps us So, um, how can people find out about uh, that side of your business in terms of the tutoring? How do people find out? Is it social media? Is it word of mouth? You're marketing yourself to get the students for the tutoring uh, coaching
1: actually it's really interesting because for the tutoring I haven't done any online marketing at all I actually just posted my first ad because I decided I wanted to spend more time focusing on that and kind of moving into doing classes online I've done classes in person um, working with different homeschool communities where I knew the kids so okay your kid and your kid and your kid they can all come over on the same day and we're going to do these projects and learn about it but um, I'm I'm wanting to transition to doing that kind of through Zoom or something um, where everybody's showing up on the same day and we're doing a class together. But yeah, most of my, almost all of my actually students came from online networking, but since I'm no longer living in one place, I need to kind of move into getting getting the word out online, whereas all of my um, coaching, body positive coaching and coach training and the health coaching has come from online networking.
0: Awesome, and uh, you also have a travel blog, uh, which you document travels around Europe and beyond. Uh, Tell us about the website and uh, some of the themes and topics that you're writing about uh, so far on the blog.
1: Okay, so the blog, I, my husband is so behind. I'm telling, he's so behind. Like we, he needs to get up, um, and he like promised to get me up a website on this. So the health coaching website and the. Um, we're going to do a tutoring website, and then the blog is going to be upgraded to an actual website soon. But um, right now it is by landandsea at wordpress.com or slash wordpress.com. And it's just kind of some pictures of our first leg of our European. I think we're I'm about five months behind in getting it up to date with the travels that we've done done. So now I'm inspired. I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to get back on that. So I'm like, okay, time to time to get that up to date. <laughs> but please, uh, if people want to go and check it out, I would absolutely love that. Um, let me know what you think. Follow us. I will update it in the next couple weeks and it, it'll be kind of easier to stay in touch. Um, I'm so excited about connecting with other that are traveling. That's such just travelers in general, digital nomad, digital nomad families. I'm so excited to to meet people and make those connections because I'm really the only one of my friends that is doing this. <laughs> and and sometimes people think like, you're crazy, how do you do this? You know, we had gotten uh approved to buy a mortgage or approved for a mortgage. Um, to get a train in a truck and you know not buy a house and just be traveling all over so people can tend to think that you're crazy unless they're like-minded so so it's nice yeah, to meet I can definitely relate on
0: both I can relate to the struggle to blog up to date uh, we've been from now definitely struggle to keep uh, up to date continuously and uh, checking, in check in out, and feeling tired. Plus, you're running your online business. So it's uh, definitely uh, the, the balancing act. And I can definitely relate with your uh uh-huh. strong, your connecting with other families, other digital nomads. That's part of the reason we do these podcast interviews uh-huh. is so we can get other digital nomads and and uh, you know, build that community because uh, life as a digital nomad can get lonely uh, when, when you're uh, traveling. Uh, especially, so at least we have companionship so there, right?
1: Yes, and it's true. That's one thing people never talk about is that it gets lonely. People, even people you are close to that are at home, they kind of build a new social network and they move on and they've got their lives. And even though they love you, you can kind of fall to the side because you're not every day. And so, you know, I end up looking around and being like, it is, it's a little bit lonely. It's nice to connect to other, other people. And like, Thank God, like, we live in a time where there's – that's a wonderful thing that we can use to stay connected.
0: Mm-hmm. It is, it is. A great thing about uh, this day and age is you can do it. use Skype and Google Hangout and Zoom yeah. and Facebook and YouTube and yeah. blogging, okay. podcasting. There's <laughs> definitely a lot of ways that you can, uh,
1: And that's also what i believe Sorry, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it in order to interrupt you. That's awesome. I, I use Zoom to do my tutoring courses, and it's my favorite thing in the whole world. That's it. Like I'm like I'm sold on Zoom. <laughs> <All right.
0: laughs> so, vision uh, going forward, uh, you're based in Prague. you have got Prague. Uh, tell us about the vision for in terms of the next few months until the end of the year, and also into next year and beyond in 2018 and beyond.
1: Okay, so we have no idea. We're playing it by air. Um, we are probably, we're, you know, when you're in Europe, you have, unless you have like a long stay visa, which we don't, you have to do 90 days in, in the Schengen area and then 90 days out. So we've played around with some different ideas. One is like, we don't have a huge savings. And for some of these countries, like for Prague, you have to show that you have like about $5,000 a person. That would be 20 grand for us. We're just like, we don't have 20 grand in savings. So I wouldn't be able to get a long stay here right now. We've looked at getting a long stay based out of Budapest because you just kind of have to show that you can support yourself. That would let us be based in Budapest and explore Europe from there. Uh, That would give us a year there. that's what we're going to do. It's just kind of an idea we're playing with. Right now, the working plan is that we're going to go from Prague to Budapest, spend a month in Budapest, and then go to Croatia and probably spend three months in Croatia. And then from Croatia, we can go back into the Schengen zone if we want to, because I really want to explore Italy and Greece. We've been to Spain, but I loved it. I would like to go back. I'd like to spend more time in Portugal. Um, I'd like to go to Malta. We want to go to Morocco. Like there's so many different places still on this continent that we want to explore so we're not ready to leave yet. Bucket list items for us are probably I'd really like to go to South Africa and check that out. I've heard it's amazing. Um, New Zealand is definitely on the bucket list, and South America, Peru, Argentina, Chile, all of those. I would love to do a massive road trip through South America. That would be... So I'm not sure. We'd like to have a home base eventually, but if it comes down to a choice between can we see the world or can we afford to have a home base, probably we're going to choose to see the world right now. So, (laughs) yep.
0: I, I make the same choice, you know, the world, uh, once in a while, <laughs> take it, take it, take it away. And, uh, you know, uh, we were actually in South Africa earlier this year and I actually spent my uh, birthday um, when I, we were doing a party and it was uh, definitely one of our favorite countries on a trip. Uh, you know, the really um, the low cost of living too, so you can travel for quite a across the country and uh, really friendly people, food, amazing culture, so much see and do this very diverse. So a big advocate of Africa and South America. We're actually doing every country in the continent over the last uh, uh, five months, uh, roughly, and we have three more countries to go. Uh, we have um, Bolivia, which we we'll are next week, and then Chile, and then Uruguay, and then we'll have finished all fifteen countries in South America. So uh, if, if, you, uh, if you can handle the bus rides, which is probably the toughest part of Africa, then uh, you're you're in good shape. Uh, They don't have the amazing train network like uh, you have over there in Europe. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. so we never take the trains in Europe because they're more expensive. So we're like, we can get a Flix bus for $12 each from Paris to Prague, or we can spend a hundred dollars each for the bus. Hmm. So, or a hundred dollars each for the train. So we've been doing buses all over. But um, comfortable in South America? Do they have internet? Or? Yes, it's cable. Uh, it depends in
0: the country. Um, the the city depends on the company, so it, it's very very good based on city, country, and company. Uh, mm-hmm. We found, like for example, in Brazil, uh, the bus is amazing, uh, really good. Um, uh, it also depends on where you're traveling. If you're traveling, terrible, uh, and uh, pretty much whenever they get full, they leave. They're uh, so long waits uh, and they don't run on schedule. Uh, Colombia, the bus system was good. Ecuador, uh, not so much. Found um, the buses; they don't. Some of them don't even have washrooms, so that was quite tough. Here fun. in Peru, actually, yeah. Peru Hop they sponsored your trip mm-hmm. uh, across Peru. So shout out to Peru Hop. Uh, awesome. go from Lima. Uh, down down the west coast of Peru into Cusco, where we are right now, and then they go to Lake Titicaca, which is the habitable lake in the world, and then they go all the way to La Paz. So we travel with them in Peru, um, and then I think Argentina is pretty good in Chile. So uh, overall, I mean, um, uh, it is good, uh, but, um, but there are some times when to... What am I doing taking all these buses?
1: Yeah. And I'm like, I'm okay with being uncomfortable. Like we always try to do night buses so that we can be like, ah, oh, even if it's, we'll just try to see through it. Um, as long as it kind of gets me there in one piece, that's my main focus right now. I'm like, get there in one piece. I, once when I was younger, um, teen, my mom moved our family to to Mexico um, for a summer, yes. and we spent a the summer there. It's really fun outside of Puerto Vallarta, and then we took the buses all the way back up through Mexico to Las Vegas, where my grandparents were living. And it was one of the coolest experiences of my life as a teenager. It didn't bother me at all, but for my mom, she was like, Ugh. "Like, I'm sure it was really miserable for her." <laughs> I think the older you get, the more it's like comfortable, but.
0: I'm not there yet, so... Yeah, one of the other about traveling South America is the Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi is never reliable, uh, and especially for me, I'm working online, doing and matching groups, I'm doing podcasts, and I actually have a virtual summit coming up in November, so that's probably me, my biggest challenge here in South America. Mm, is
1: getting the
0: Wi-Fi, Light. yeah, that's uh, huge. You know, especially in Oh. Hostel because at hostels, a lot of people on YouTube, they're Netflix, they might be doing site calls, so it affects everyone else in the hostel. Uh, so I apologize to everyone else in the hostel here if I'm screwing up the internet by doing these video calls. But, uh, Hey, uh, you know, you've got to work, work while you're traveling to sustain the travel long term. So, uh, bend off here, Leah. Lea. Um, you've actually uh, followed your dreams. You're traveling around Europe, you know, making income online and traveling with your family. Uh, they might be someone who's watching and, and listening to this video now who's still in their hometown, still dreaming, wishing, wanting to be traveling, but they just don't know where to start. Any tips of advice you would give them uh, to follow their dreams and become a digital nomad and travel the world?
1: Yeah, 100%. I would say a few things. One, I would say, if you want to travel um, and you want an easy job that you can do online, get your TEFL cert. Or if you want to go and work in another country and you don't know how to do it, uh, get your TEFL cert 100% across the board. Just get it, and you can go and teach English. There's a huge demand for English teachers. I actually have my TEFL and my ESL cert. Um, I, I'm not really doing so much working with that right now because my clients are based out of America, and I don't have, like, um, a visa that is letting me work here, but I could get one. Like, I know that that's something that I could use to get one. Um, there's also, like, places like VIP Kids and some different kind of online um, English language teaching websites that you can do. So I've actually have several girlfriends who want to travel and didn't know how and I suggested just go get your Tafel and they've done it and and it helped them a lot. Um, Anything that you can do to take your existing skill set, the existing talents that you have and transition it into online work, there are very few that cannot be done online. If you're an accountant, you can do accounting online. If you're, I mean, a physician, you're not, there's e-medicine, there's a lot of different stuff that you can do to still help people, there's different ways that you can move your career into doing online stuff. If you're an attorney, you can do different kinds of, um, you know, legal education, consulting. If you have a master's degree, get a job as an adjunct professor, as a professor for a college teaching some online courses. Um, again, if you have a bachelor's degree, then it really helps you as far as teaching English in other places, but it's not necessary. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot that you can do. Just look at ways that you can transition onto an online uh, format. And one thing that I've found, I just did a business kind of coaching course with the wonderful Monique Alvarez, who is a digital nomad, and she had a great piece of advice, and she said if you are shy to share about your business on Facebook or on your social media because you're worried what your friends or your friends list are going to say about you sharing your business, then something needs to change and it's not your business. So any don't, don't be shy about sharing your talents, about saying, this is what I want to do. I want to do this online. I want to build my business. Um, if you're worried that people are going to judge you about that, that's really the problem of the people judging you more than it's a problem of you trying to build, build your life and build your business. Just do it. Jump into it. If you can, can be comfortable, Traveling the world and not having—I um, think I tend to think security is a bunch of BS, anyways. The idea of it, because nothing is really secure. And I think having my mom be sick from the time I was so young, I realized that like all the stuff we think we have is just stuff. It can be taken from you in a second. It's really security is kind of. An- illusion but if you're somebody that can be happy living in different places not having your own things around you being uncomfortable sometimes going for long bus rides that kinda stuff do it just jump in and do it and you will make your way I promise you it'll it'll come together you need to save up if you're right now saying I have this job I make $20 an hour or 15 whatever it is not that much money and you're like, how am I going to get a nest egg big enough to go and see the world? I would highly recommend moving into an RV for a little bit and just saving that money. We lived in our RV for almost a year. We didn't have our own bathroom because they didn't want to use the RV bathroom. So we would use the bathroom at um, the park wherever we, and it changed our life. It gave us the breathing room to be able to be like, okay, so." We're in RV. We're just really stacking this cash. We're not paying rent and all these bills. Yeah. So that that was a big awesome. thing. Great, great tips. <laughs> Good. I hope that helps somebody. I
0: think, it, I think it definitely does. That. My wife and me were actually in bed last night and we were actually uh, listing all the ways that people make money online and we came up with like me different ways so far and that was without any research. We were just uh, going back and forth, going back and forth. We created an Excel sheet and uh, we actually listed all hundred different uh, job titles or uh, digital careers or, uh, you know, ways you can make money while traveling. And then we listed them into categories. So and we're actually going to put that out uh, for our summit coming up. So stay tuned for that one if you're interested in hundred different awesome. ways that you can make money online and can travel the world.
1: I love it. I love that. And when is your summit? I want to hear about that. Online summit? or
0: Yeah, you know, uh, we actually... Uh, we're just finalizing uh, the speakers for that one. Uh, we're launching it uh, this October. Summit's going to be at the end of November, and it's going to be all digital. So you can actually tune in from wherever you are in Europe. Uh, you know, as long as you have Wi-Fi, you can watch from your phone, from your tablet, from your laptop, uh, from uh, the hotel or uh, Yeah, our goal is to uh, basically uh, inspire, and educate people to travel the world, and to equip them uh, with not theory but practical uh, strategies for how to make money online because that's the biggest challenge that people have in traveling the world or just traveling generally is lack of time, lack of money, and uh, obviously uh, other things as well. But lack of time, lack of money are the two big ones. So, yeah, stay tuned for that one. It will be on our website, digitalnomadmastery.com. So, Leah, to end off with, um, how can people connect with you? Find Um, out about your website, your blog, social media, and uh, maybe ask you some questions
1: on Facebook. I'm Leah Taylor. It says I live in Las Vegas, which I don't, but (laughs) I haven't updated that. So um, yeah, find me on Facebook. You can email me at leataylorbiology at gmail. That's um, a great way to get in touch with me. Um, And then I have my blog also, which is by Land and Sea um, WordPress. Wait, let me look at this really quick because it's a long uh, it's a long blog name. I actually I, I don't, don't remember it because it's one of those free ones where they have it like, you know, you can look up by land and sea blog. Um, and hopefully we're actually have our domain name and we're going to transfer it onto our actual website. Those are good ways to get in touch with me. And yeah, like you, you were saying, I just want to say one other thing. And that's so many people are like, I can't afford to travel. Uh, I don't have the time or I don't have the money. And what I've found through talking to them is what it really comes down to is they don't want to travel enough to make the sacrifices that sometimes you have to make to travel. And that's valid. That's a, a totally valid thing. But the fact is that we don't have. My family doesn't have a home that we own. We don't have a vehicle with us. We don't have a house full of things. We, you know, we don't have that when we're traveling in, you know, another country. And I think that a lot of times people who into it, it's more an idea of getting really clear in themselves. I can live without all this other stuff. Because, you know, if you're not going to be... I'm not miserable without those things. I'm happy without it, but I have some friends that would absolutely consider having to live in an RV for a year to um, save up, and they're like, I couldn't do that. And I'm like, okay, so you just don't want to do it. That's fine. (laughs) Yeah, usually it's that they literally don't want to, so...
0: Yeah, definitely it's a choice. Uh, You know, you make these choices in life. And, uh, uh, you know, some people like the the life in the suburbs. They like the routine, the schedule, uh, the safety, the security. People like the adventure and the thrill and uh, the lack of stuff. So it's definitely a choice. Yeah,
1: totally. So please do get in touch with me. Thanks so much for your time. Sorry, I can't hear you.
0: Uh, uh, Thanks so much for your time. below if, uh, you know, people wanted to connect with you.
1: Yeah, thanks so much. And Leah Taylor, biology at Gmail. That's the best way to get in touch with me.
0: Awesome. So, thanks for this episode of Digital Nomad Mastery live location here from beautiful Be- Be- Crystal and uh, you know, with that uh, guest. He's actually in Prague, in Europe, and sorry for the bad wife, everyone. Life is, is a nomad means you're never going to have perfect Wi-Fi, so that's one of the challenges, and you have, you learn how to deal with it. So apologies for the bad wife. If you connect with uh, Leia, I'll have the links below uh, if you're watching this on YouTube. If you're on iTunes, they'll be right on show notes. And make sure you connect with us with Digital Nomad Mastery across the interview. Yes, always. You can either watch or listen to the interviews. We also have an active Facebook group a Digital Nomad Mastery Community where you can ask any and all questions to do with making money online, uh, children's education, life on the road, challenges, and much more. So thanks everyone for tuning into to this episode of Digital Nomad 3, where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world.